Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Shields Outdoors podcast. My name is Mike Anderson, and I want to wish everyone a happy New Year's Eve. Hopefully, you made the most of 2021 and are looking forward to what 2022 has to bring. For a lot of us in the northern markets, one thing to look forward to right now is ice fishing. And with us today is Kyle Agri and Scott Brewer of Brewer Agri Outdoors hosts of the Shack Talk Ice Fishing Podcast and radio segment, Gone Outdoors, you can find on KFGO, and also pro staff for our Fargo Shield store. Kyle, Scott, it's a pleasure to have you with us today. How's your ice fishing season been going so far? You know what, Mike? It's great being here with you. And and the ice fishing season, I know for some folks, was uh, um, really started weeks ago for us i think the truth of the matter is uh once we get through show season and the holidays it really gets ramped up and so we're at that point now where we're super excited to spend some significant time out on the ice yeah i can't wait to uh spend some quality time out there uh like kyle said that's coming up very quickly um this weekend as a matter of fact i'll i'll be spending a couple of days straight on the ice uh, doesn't matter what mother nature brings we're, we're still going out and doing it you know the good news is as ice anglers with this cold weather there's always that silver lining because you can tell yourself that the ice is getting thicker and the ice is getting safer no matter how cold it is you know a lot of people are complaining about it but for us ice anglers cold weather is a blessing yep absolutely i'm at the office and uh you know everyone everyone thinks i'm crazy when they're like saying oh how's it going great the weather's awesome it's negative 15 today and they look at me <laughs> like you're just a different breed man but you know it just gets me really excited and you know i've been thinking about ice fishing for a long time you know being in the marketing department like we've been talking about ice fishing for a while but now it's finally time to put uh put that talk into action you know, ice fishing is, and we've talked about it quite a bit here over the last month, ice fishing is really the only, one of the only major outdoor sports that has no start date. You know, there's no season opener. It, it's all dependent on weather. You know, you have fishing opener, open water fishing opener, you have hunting openers, and you can put them on, all on a calendar. But for ice fishing, that's not the case. And it's different for everybody. Some people... When you get three inches of ice, that's ice fishing opener. Other people, it's when they can get their ice castle out there. You know, so it's different for everybody, and everybody's at different stages of that right now. But, you know, we're getting to the point where almost everybody, no matter what type of ice angler you're, you are, uh, you can get out there now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but as long as you're north anyways. I mean, we've we've got our southern states like our, our Iowas and, and things like that where, you know, you probably got to wait a little bit. You're still in that preparation phase. But, you know, us North Dakota, Minnesota, Wisconsin, like we're, we're getting to that stage where we're ready to get those wheelhouses out there. So have you guys been on the ice yet? We can say that we've been on the ice, although I'd say we haven't spent a significant amount of time on the ice. Uh, like I said, as we as we look at uh, the holidays, of course, in the most recent uh, few days here and uh, prior to that, uh, a lot of a lot of fun events that we've had at, at some of the Shield stores and and uh, throughout the ice region and and other events prepping for ice season. Um, it's been a lot of talking ice fishing. It's been a lot of talking strategy and preparation. And now it's time to actually go do it. 
There you go. Perfect. So what's, uh, what's the first species you're going to be targeting? This weekend, uh, we're targeting walleyes. We're, we're heading out to Ottertail County for, for a couple of days and we're going to be out in ice castles. Um, I don't know how much bouncing around we're going to do. Ideally, we're going to bounce around chasing crappies during the day, but it really depends on the weather, how cold it ends up being. Uh, and if we get any wind, you know, we can deal with 10, 15 degree below temperatures, but if you get wind with it, uh, it's going to make it pretty brutal and it's going to make it a lot tougher to step outside of that ice castle. But, but we'll be fishing walleyes in the ice castle and hopefully getting out and chasing some other stuff during the day. Okay. Yep. That sounds like a lot of fun. And that's, uh, I enjoy that, that sort of strategy as well. You get your, get your ice castle set up in a, you know, in a good spot for your morning and your evening bite, uh, targeting walleye. And then, you know, it gets a little slower in the middle of the day. You can go out, you know, chase some panfish, chase some crappies, things like that. Um, you know, what, when you're setting up your ice castle, what sort of, uh, what sort of like depths and structures are you, are you looking to find? Well, this weekend we're going to be on a we're going to be on a sunken rock island or sunken hump. It's a it's a weedy flat uh, with some rock outcroppings on the side. We'll be in the low teen range as far as depth. Um, you just got to figure out you know what looks looks like the best area if you can find that transition area, you know, with some weeds nearby where there's bait fish hanging out um, and access to deeper water. It's there's usually going to be some fish swimming around sometime during the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And and fish are kind of transitioning from that weed areas to sort of that deeper structures now, especially like now in, in our area, we've got quite a bit of snow cover on top of the ice, and that really cuts that vegetation. That vegetation starts to wilt and die off really quickly. Yeah, yeah, it certainly does. Um, you know, my biggest issue with the snow cover this weekend, I think, is I was hoping to do a lot of work with the cameras, with the underwater cameras. Um, but with the, the more snow cover you get, you know, it gets to be a little bit tougher to see, especially if it's a cloudy day and, and no snow cover or a lot of snow cover. It gets pretty dark down there. But so we'll see what what effect we have there. But, you know, those cameras are so nice for setting up, figuring out where you're going to set your ice castle or set up your for your day house, whatever you're doing, just to be able to find that edge and find that spot on the spot. You know, we all got waypoints that are spots, but if you want to find that spot on the spot, you might need to be 10 feet this way or 15 feet that way. And that's where those cameras really help. Yep. It's, it's crazy how, how effective those cameras can be at, like you said, finding that spot on the spot, you know, you look at a lake and there's just like, acres and acres and acres and you think you know 10 foot might not necessarily make a lot of difference but you know you get a camera down there and you can watch how the fish move and interact down there and you can see that that it truly does make a big difference out there and can save a lot of time and a lot of effort in in moving that big fish house just 10 15 feet and finding fish you know, we've just found that you have to you have to look at setting up in an area that, of course, is your your highest odds, right? And and as you look for that spot, your your Scott said looking for the spot on the spot. But another good piece of advice this time of the year is don't let the old habits or the old kind of adages or or um, cliches be the things that guide you. We're in a transitionary period, and those fish, you know 
they could be anywhere from their fall haunt all the way up until their midwinter patterns or anywhere in between. So don't leave any stone or any weed bed unturned as you're out looking for where they might be hiding out. Mm-hmm. That's great information. And then, so, so you're set up on your spot. What sort of, uh, what sort of lures are you, do you like to tie on first? So we like to use, uh, if we're in a hard house, uh, especially if we're in a hard house, you know, we'll put down a couple of rattle reels, um, you know, maybe one with a plain hook and then one with some type of a glow jig, you know, to give a couple different presentations there and then have a couple of couple of jigging rods. And again, a couple of different presentations for that, maybe a, like a slender spoon, something that's got a slower fall in action for, for more finicky fish. Um, and then occasionally we'll even put down rattle baits you know, to try and draw those fish in. Quite often you won't catch the fish on those rattle baits, but if you got a rattle bait working inside your house, uh, it'll bring the fish over to your house and then you'll end up catching them on your sat lines. Yeah, I, I can't count how many times I've been using something like a, like a jig and wrap or a VMC tingler spoon and I'm really just knocking that thing around all over the place. And then I see a, a mark on my flasher and then I end up getting hit on the dead stick with just like a plain red hook and a lively minnow. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a deadly tactic. I think a lot of avid ice anglers know that and, and realize that, but it, you just want to make sure that you're always got a couple different presentations down. And then also that does help you too, that when the fish do become more active, whenever that feeding window is, you know, everybody thinks it's always morning and night, but there's feeding windows during the middle of the day too. And if you're not ready for it, uh, you can miss out on that. And if you do have that active presentation down and all of a sudden you start getting hit on that, then that's your clue that they have went into that active feeding mode, you know, then you need to adjust accordingly. Yeah, it's just a nice little trigger there. And that's where it's nice to have multiple people in the house too. You know, number one, it's always more fun to fish with some people and have some conversation. And and then you can try a few different things. Like one can put on a glide bait, one can put on a rattle, one can put on, you know, like a slender spoon like you were talking about and kind of go by process of elimination and see what, what sort of fish like what that day. Yeah, you know, and I won't, you know, I will not... Uh um, think twice about putting down a small tungsten while I'm fishing for walleyes with a small piece of plastic on it, because when the fish aren't feeding, they'll still eat sometimes. If you give them something small enough, something dangle in front of their nose long enough, they'll eat it. If it's a meal, they won't eat it because they wait till feeding time before they eat a meal, but they'll eat little snacks here and there. Mm-hmm. And that's why just downsizing can really help whether that's uh, cold front conditions or if it's just not during their feeding window for that day. Yep, for sure. I don't know about you, but once I hit that 10 o'clock or so, I'm ready for a little snack. So it makes sense that a walleye <laughs> would be too. Oh, so do you, are there any, uh, are there any new lures on the market that you maybe haven't tried a whole lot yet and are looking to possibly add to your arsenal? You know, as an angler, as an ice angler, I think uh, I think we can all relate to this. We walk through those aisles in the fishing department up there at Shields and we look around at all the new lures and there's always something new that's going to catch our eye. There's always something new that uh, is kind of the talk out on social media. And 
you know, I don't know this year if I can necessarily pinpoint a specific um, one lure, but I think just the diversity of lures now that that's available and that we've seen throughout this lead up to the, the ice season, it's that whether it's a, a micro tungsten, whether it's a big rattle bait, there are options galore and there are options that, uh, you know, whether you're fishing clear water, dingy water, whether you're fishing big fish or little fish, um, there's always room for one or two more in your tackle box. Mm-hmm. I'm with you a hundred percent on that. And then, you know, like that's just kind of the great thing about shields is like, if you have questions on certain stuff like that, there's, there's so many different options. It's just, it's almost endless nowadays, but you, you know, you have somebody there to ask questions and like, well, what would this bait be best catered toward? Or like, maybe you can give your scenario of fishing and then they can kind of guide you in the right direction. But, you know, I have to tell you one, I, I've been out twice now. So like, I, I targeted crappies early and then, uh, you know, a few days later, I, I finally got to scratch the walleye itch. And one bait I'm really excited about fishing more with walleye this year is, uh, is the Northland Coffin Spoon. So it's, it's the first time I got to tie that on. Like, I, I didn't quite understand, like, the cadence. I've watched some videos on it. But, like, you can't really quite figure it out until you, you know, do it yourself and understand, like, how your certain rod setups work and whatnot. So, you know, I was playing around with a little bit, you know, just a few feet under the few feet under the top of the water. And, like, okay, that's I think that's what that's supposed to look like. And uh, I like it so far. Yeah, you know, we highly recommend that when you're trying new lures, that you do that, that you test them. Just drop them down the hole a little bit and watch them. Or, you know, in the past, we, we've set up an aquarium in Kyle's garage, and we've tested baits, and you just, so you can watch it. You can watch it from the side and see what it's doing. And I think that really helps you become a better angler with those lures, because you know what it's doing when you give it a little bounce. You, you can visualize what that lure is doing in your head because mm-hmm. you've watched it. And I think it really helps you a lot pay attention to what you're doing and gives you the clues as to what the fish want. Yep. So anytime you, anytime you tie on a newer lure, I recommend doing what you just, what you talked about is test that thing a little bit just and watch it so that you can see exactly what that's doing so that you can visualize it. Yeah, I'd say that's especially important when you're trying on some something like glide baits, like, um, you know, a, a Rapala jig and wrap or, you know, like one of the new Acme hyper rattles or something like that. I'm sure there's people listening to this podcast that have watched like Tom Boley videos and be like, I want to catch like him, yeah. you know, and then you go out and you buy a couple of them, different colors, different sizes, like jacked about this and. And I'll say it takes a little while to develop the cadence on those for sure. Cause like, especially when you go from something like a fast action rod to something a little bit spongier, like being able to watch how that reacts. Cause I know like I put that down and like, I'd, I'd go like my normal cadence with like a, with like a buckshot rattle spoon or something. And it's like, no, that doesn't seem quite right. And then you start really hammering on it. And it's like, wow, that thing's moving like six, seven feet down there. Okay. Let's, let's maybe find ourselves a little happy medium and understand how it, how it's really going and how you're going from like slack line to how it's standing fairly tight. So yeah, it's, it's definitely something to check out before you actually throw it in front of a fish, but super fun to learn with new lures. And, and the next step in that process, of course, is taking what you can see visually at the top of the, the water surface there, 
in an aquarium or even in just a five gallon bucket is an easy one too. But then taking that and, and connecting it to what you're seeing on your underwater camera or your flasher, your, your uh, sonar unit, and, and being able to take that cadence down in the, the fish zone where the fish are hanging out and, and really make the connection to all of them and react to what the fish want and, and be able to use all those different moves, cadences, and, and jigging motions to entice the bite. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Well, you know, it's a lot of great information there. I appreciate your guys' time. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to following along on your social media, Brewery Agri Outdoors. We'll, get, we'll have you listed in the, you know, the description of this podcast so people can follow along, you know, see how that how that Otter Tail Lakes area fishing trip went for you, Scott, this, uh, this upcoming weekend. And hopefully we can connect with you guys again in the near future. Thanks, yeah, thank Mike. You. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you very much, Mike. All right. Best of luck out there. Yeah. Good luck to all of those folks listening in. Thank you for listening to the Shields Outdoors podcast. Stay tuned for future segments and visit our social media pages, Shields Outdoors on Facebook and Instagram for daily updates.